1: I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much
2: out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to the Laker Film Room Podcast brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Pete, joined by Darius and Mike. And in today's pod, we're going to zoom out a bit and take stock about the team. They had an interesting preseason. The first four games, there was good competitive basketball, uh, in the competitive portions, right? The guys that were going to play and be rotation guys during the season. And then not so much during the, the South Bay lineups and the kind of the second halves. And, uh, Darvin said, you know, looking to give guys a, a platform, which is fairly common around the league that that. Part of your roster gets playing time in the second half of preseason games. But then the Lakers look quite bad in their last two, culminating in a 47-point whooping to the Sacramento Kings that we've been marinating in since Friday night. So player availability limited the degree that we got to see a lot of the key guys together and as a result of that I think this team and you know just kind of where we are this team's at a very early stage of its development and that's and so we didn't get to see D, I want to start there kind of we didn't get to see I think as much of the main guys as we wanted to see or kind of combinations right Anthony Davis played in three games uh, LeBron played in four Lonnie Walker played in three Pat Bev right so just we saw kind of a, uh we were hoping i think for a hit the ground running kind of start to the preseason and i think we know less than we thought we would at this point give me your thought process on on that do we know less so i'm putting it back to you like individually i thought a
3: lot of players looked f- good to f- like fine to good to like very good mm-hmm. and i don't think we saw enough of the groups that we would like to see play together, play together. Mm -hmm. How much that matters within the context of the schemes that the Lakers are going to run. I'm not as bullish on that this season as I was last season. If that makes sense. OK, um, because I think that there is a very straightforward nature to the stuff that the Lakers are trying to do this season schematically that is not as involved as some of the stuff, particularly defensively, that we saw from Frank Vogel's defensive schemes last season. And, and just to kick it back to you guys on that point, do you think that like before I go down a tangent too far in that direction, do you think that that matters? because? Some of the simplicity of the schemes offensively, I think the Lakers have have looked good and I've actually liked the shot quality that they've gotten. The last few games, I think, were particularly disappointing and I don't want to say red flag ish, but like the quality of shots that the team was getting and the fact that like some of them were not close at all, um, that was bothersome. But I'm wondering how much that's real, like because in the first few games, they generated some of those same looks, Mike, and those shots were falling. And so which one is more real? Like, I don't know. The The optimist would say that, hey, those first few games where Kendrick Nunn was playing really well, maybe those are more real than the games. The last couple, couple of games where he looked not very good at all. I would have liked to have seen more of LeBron and AD together. I would have liked to have seen and maybe they should have gone to it earlier, like Russ running more second unit stuff, because that seemed to be something that Darwin might have been building towards in that last preseason game and, and wanted to sort of springboard that into the regular season. And then Russ obviously only played a few minutes. So I think where I'm at is more from an individual analysis And I think a lot of the guys look good. I think we could get into how some of the guys didn't look as good and whether or not that's problematic. But I'll ask you, Mike, like, where are you at in terms of the continuity versus individual play versus like, oh, going into the season with guys banged up?
4: Several guys looked pretty good at various moments of the preseason, but not often together. And there certainly was not much continuity for some planned reasons and for some unplanned uh, just meaning some guys rested and then other guys were injured and there wasn't that one game where everybody the rotation that you're going to expect to see on opening night you saw and they played a good amount and i don't love mm-hmm. that right I, unless the team is coming off a playoff run the year before and you already know they know how to play together the team that they're playing against by the way golden state is a team that i didn't need to see play in the preseason those guys know exactly how to play together um, and are in pretty good shape. So that is that is not something. It is a major concern. But Pete, I would have loved to have seen that come onto the court more uh, than it was able to.
2: It left me wanting in that respect, right? But I think that we did get some decent information. Uh for, for one, the starting lineup, right? This was something that we've discussed a lot of different permutations of that. And the lineups is one of the starting points, one of the first puzzle pieces that I think of from this th- season, because when I compare this preseason, say, to last preseason, I do think that we took this seriously. I do think that it was one where our we were calibrated toward uh, toward not necessarily wins and losses with, uh, you know, giving the G League guys a lot of time. And we were, you know, especially careful with AD showed up on the first day of uh, on the injury report. Right. With the stiff back. And they obviously wanted to be slow with that. Um, but we found ourselves a starting lineup. I think that what we're looking at going into the regular season is a backcourt of Austin Reeves and Lonnie Walker followed by Pat Bev at the 3 and I think that's going to be a very important pivot point that's going to depend on who we play that game. Uh and LeBron and AD starting at the five and then with the bench unit that's starting to come together, right? I think the idea is to have Russ lead his own, uh, own unit. Dave McMenamin was reporting that the plan is to give Russ ownership of a bench group. And I think that there's, if it's going to work, I think that's probably the most natural fit for Russ. And so going into this, uh, offseason or going into this training camp, Darius, we talked a lot about camp battles and i think we saw that play out a bit talk to me about the starting lineup the what, what we haven't which we haven't gotten to see any of yet right like in terms of that actual group together as mike was alluding to but i do think that we saw some resolution starting with it looks like austin's going to start austin earned himself a starting spot in the nba yeah which is something that he said that he wanted right
3: before the mm-hmm. season even started when he was giving some some interviews one of the camp battles that definitely went away that I think I was skeptical of was how good was Lonnie Walker and how Mm -hmm. committed was he going to be to playing defense? And if he was committed, how was that commitment going to translate to effectiveness? And the answer to those questions were, he was very committed. And in terms of effectiveness, I thought he was, he was mildly to like very effective possession to possession. Right. Um, And so Walker, I think if that is the starting lineup that it ends up being, Walker sort of nudged his way in there, just like Austin sort of nudged his his way in there. I think we all envisioned that the team would get around to Beverly being a starter eventually. Um, I think if you want to set the tone defensively that Darvin Ham has preached about setting then Beverly was very likely to be in the starting lineup. Not only do I want your thoughts on Lonnie Walker, I want your thoughts on the big man battle for like camp battles, because it seems like both Thomas Bryant and Damian Jones lost. They lost their camp battle to a third guard, right? Because we thought the Lakers were going to play big. And we thought LeBron was going to start at small forward. AD was going to start start at power forward. But they both lost their camp battle to, to a combination of Anthony Davis at the five, right? And a third guard. So, so what are your thoughts sort of on the camp battles and Walker in particular? Because he has seemingly been important in ways that I didn't envision him being important uh, before the season or heading into training camp. And then... Like that idea of who the big man is and how often AD is going to play center and, and what some of those lineups now look like, considering the Lakers depth on the perimeter.
4: Yeah, that's part of the that's part of what is not ideal about what we saw is that there wasn't there wasn't enough shown maybe from the centers to have confidence in starting a group that way. Although I do think that as the season goes on and as Bryant and Jones, or at least one of them, gets has a better idea of what that center spot needs to be in this starving system that that can evolve some and then that can get better some. And, but in the short term, the best way for them to win a game is just to start the game with Anthony Davis at the five. And I think that's what the coaches figured out pretty early uh, in the preseason. And that, that came almost more from watching practice than it did from watching the limited game time, right. That we saw Bryant or, or Damian Jones out there uh, with the starters. So what does that mean for this, the, the bench and what the rotation is there? That's curious to me, right? And, and partly influenced by the fact that Dennis Schroeder probably isn't going to play in the first game. And we'll see about Russell Westbrook. It sounded like he could. But then again, if they're, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they held him out. And then if so, does Wendy and Gabriel slide into some four minutes and do they play a five or do they try to play small with that group as well? Uh, or do they extend AD's minutes some? Like, there, Pete, there's a lot that they can do with the second unit that isn't clear because we haven't gotten to see it yet. And we don't know the exact combo. So, I'm, even though I'm sure we could guess here.
2: Yeah, from listening to Darvin talk at various points over the offseason and throughout camp, I got the impression that he was looking to start his best five. That that And that's not always the philosophy that a coach goes with. But I think that when there's this sort of situation where you've got two cornerstones and then a bunch of different pieces where it's like, hey, this is the first time we've seen these guys playing together. How do they fit together? And you can theorize about that all you want over the course of the offseason. And there is that, you know... Training camp in the facility, even before training camp and watching guys get open run in that matters. But once you get to preseason games, you're going against other teams with other talent and other schemes. And it's more like what you'll see in that day to day NBA type of setting. And so it was really interesting to watch Darvin kind of cycle through different options and see where he landed in terms of who his best five are. I, I tend to agree that those are the best five players on the roster. How they fit together, I think, is an interesting question. It's a small group, right? Not just AD at the five, but that with a three guard lineup. We are asking a lot, you know, say on opening night, Darius, with uh, you're going to have Andrew Wiggins at the three. Who guards him? Is Patrick Beverly guarding Andrew Wiggins? There's an argument to be made for it, and there are battles he can win in terms of pressuring his handle and things like that. But you're also asking him to guard a 6'9 athlete, and he's going to lose some battles as a result of that. Now, with respect to where that leaves the bench, that's where I think our most unanswered questions are, are in terms of when you watched our games and the competitive portions of our games, the parts of it where it could get away from us was with that second unit. And we're especially small with those groups there are, I think we're trying to balance this having enough shooting versus having enough defense and size out there and I've got some thoughts out there Darius we were talking yesterday you you had an observation the Lakers have been good to very good when Anthony Davis has played and when he is not they have not And as simple as that is, I do think that that is very much built around the defense and the defense with the second unit. What are those groups that LeBron isn't on the floor and you don't have that go to genius that can get you 30 and just kind of effortlessly, effortlessly guide your offense. Well, we've got to play some defense, right? And we've got to have a group. And I think that there are pieces out there, right? But I think that we're still trying to kind of find our way on with that second unit. And so Thomas Bryan, I have a lot of thoughts about him. I don't think that the center battle was particularly close, uh, but I do understand starting AD. Um, but I think Thomas Bryan is going to play significantly into our story going forward. So that's where I stand on that. D, where, where are you at, man? With the, talk to me about the bench.
3: Well, it's interesting because those first couple of games, when you said that during the competitive portions of those early preseason games, that the Lakers acquitted themselves well. Part of that was because they weren't starting their best five players, right? So Austin mm-hmm. and Pat Bev came off the bench in a couple of those early games and those bench units that were like, Oh, here's Patrick Beverly. And here's Austin Reeves. And here's with, and they're with Anthony Davis. And it's sort of like, okay, well, those were the groups that I think might have triggered the idea that that would be their best five and why it ended Mm -hmm. up being their starting lineup. And Mm -hmm. they were, They were playing like even basketball with a lot of teams, even though the talent on the floor is just like, oh, well, these aren't necessarily the Lakers best groups. Right. Um, But then in the bench portion of the game, they were like oh, here's a 6-2 run or a 10-4 run. And suddenly the Lakers are up by four or they're up by six or they're up by eight. And that was with those bench units sort of carrying the way for them. And so now that it's flipped and those five guys that we anticipate starting, it's going to be super interesting what Darvin Ham values and how that actually plays out in the bench units. Mike at media availability, and I think it was today, a surprise guy who made the roster, who made the final 15 is Matt Ryan. Right? And and so Ryan, he had a good game against the Warriors and um he shot the ball okay over the course of the preseason, but he had that really good game against the Warriors. And he got out and Coach Ham got asked today about Matt Ryan, him making the roster and, and if I think it might have been a direct question, like do you envision him potentially being a part of the rotation and Ham was sort of effusive in his praise of Ryan. He called him a smart player, he said that he understands what to do on on both sides of the ball, and that it was a definite possibility that Matt Ryan would end up being a part of the bench rotation and so, in speaking to Pete's question about the bench, this goes back to i go back to what I was saying before, like what does coach Ham value because does he value spacing and shooting and does he think he can make up defensively for playing a guy like like Ryan or does or is he going to double and triple down defensively? And is he going to play Anthony Davis extended minutes earlier during the preseason? He had said we don't need Anthony Davis and LeBron James playing playoff minutes in October. So that would sort of speak against that idea of extending Anthony Davis. Right. And and so there's a lot of things that are butting up against each other. And the preseason did not teach us a lot about what Darvin Ham is going to value in the regular season because of all the guys that sat out. So there's a lot of different things to hit on there. But I am, I think these are still questions that we don't have answers to because we haven't seen Darvin Ham coach um, a regular season game. So why don't we go to break here and when we come back on the other side, I want to hear your thoughts on all of that.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data
4: It'll be no surprise to you guys that I'll start here with LeBron and AD because I don't want to say unfortunately, but because there isn't that established part of the rotation, especially off the bench. And then also because of the uncertainty with shooter and Westbrook, maybe the two guys most equipped to lead that second unit from a point guard perspective, that I almost think you do need more LeBron or AD especially with that unit, if you're going to have any chance to really be, you know, both the Warriors and the Clippers who are coming with more full rotations of nine, 10 guys and systems that have been established now for multiple years with the same coaching staffs, um, with the same veterans, with, with very little new players or very few new players with the exception of some of the, the golden state young guys. We'll see how many Steve, uh, minutes Steve Kerr gives to those players. But so, How do you beat them then if you're coming off the bench with a group that is, A, not played together, and B, doesn't have that potential on-ball type leadership? So I'm already thinking of, all right, well, then how do you stagger LeBron and maybe some just to have a fulcrum on both ends of the court there? And it would be LeBron offensively as he's played with the second unit some and essentially just lifted them up. And then if not, then AD, a guy that you can at least just post up and give the ball to and Golden State's going to have to give some action to, uh, depending on Draymond Green, who has certainly had some success against AD in certain games. So that to me is that first immediate question. And I know, Pete, we're going to have a more direct preview for the Golden State game. And this is still more of a zoom out. but. I think you can say that for a lot of the early part of the schedule until we know exactly what the status is for Westbrook and Shooter specifically. And they're going to have to think about how to get through some of these games and you know win enough games because it's not an easy road. It's not an easy schedule where they're just going to be able to win some of these games unless they're probably asking more of the two stars than they want to. And, and right. thus the problem.
2: One of the things that really stood out to me from watching the preseason on a more granular level is how quickly the offense fell apart when we didn't have a certain amount of downhill guys on the court at any given time. We have five downhill guys by my count. LeBron, AD, Russ, Lonnie Walker, and Dennis Schroeder. And that's actually quite a lot for a team, right? That's kind of one of the points of the roster. But by in that last game, for example, versus Sacramento – Two through five didn't play with the exception of five minutes from Russ. And LeBron was very much just taking jump shots. And, and like that's kind of the whole point, I think, of the roster with the amount of guards that they have is that LeBron doesn't have to get downhill as much. Cause we talk about the idea of strain on LeBron through the lens of minutes. But what is he doing during those minutes? I think really informs how difficult and how strenuous it is when we talk about like pushing him you know pushing those guys in October like how are you pushing them what does that mean and when the more LeBron has to like break guys down off of the dribble and break down a defense that is not broken down yet the more difficult it is it's just a bigger ask he can obviously still do it but the I think a big part of the point is to not have to do that as much and so through injuries and availability and all of that like the Sacramento game like I said like LeBron is taking jumpers and then two through five on what's supposed to be a strength of this team is now a weakness. Uh, if I can tie it together, we're recording this on Sunday night, and I have, a, I have a tradition of watching the 49er game with my dad, and the Niners have been a very good defense this year, putting up kind of historic numbers up to this point. But in today's game, their entire defensive line was out, and that's one of the things they're best at with Bosa and Kinlaw and all them guys, right? And so it's a real strength of the team. But It was a game where you saw the impact of that. Eventually, at some point, you don't have enough of something on the field. And now what was a week or two ago, a dominant defense got really manhandled in the trenches in today's game. And so that's part of that doesn't mean, oh, it's going to be all great, Darius, right? When we've got all of these downhill guys. But I really noticed that when we got to those South Bay units, for example, that when you didn't have any of that, there's so little of something else in in that where it kind of all falls apart on offense. And I think that if we're without Russ and Dennis, the way that Mike was talking about, I do think that at least for a game, that might mean that, hey, LeBron, we need you to handle the ball a little bit more. Well, this is also too, where again,
3: Darvin Ham is going to answer some questions for us that we're going to know a lot more about on Tuesday night after the game or into Wednesday, right? Mm. One of the things that Frank Vogel really tried to do Because in his first season with the Lakers, where he only had two stars and there wasn't a lot of downhill verve at all outside Mm -hmm. of LeBron James and Anthony Davis is one of LeBron or AD was pretty much on the court all of the time. Mm -hmm. Right. And he built a rotation around the idea that those dudes were going to be staggered. It was to the point that LeBron came out very early in games he started subbing out at the six minute mark in a lot of games in order to let ad play an extended shift right so ad would play almost the entire first quarter yeah usually the whole first quarter especially in the championship year yeah and then lebron would come back towards the end of the first quarter normally at like the 10 and a half minute mark 10 minute mark 11 minute minute mark so that he could get a little bit of run run in and then wrap and then wrap around that quarter, right? Where, and then he would play into the second quarter and then AD would come back eventually and they'd have more time on the court together. LeBron would get another rest in the middle of the second quarter and then he would come back and he would close close the half, right? And so LeBron would be like three shifts in well, in that first first half, but it was very purposeful. The Lakers don't have those guys who can sort of threaten the paint in real ways, then the offense does struggle because those driving kicks don't lead to anything because the defense never feels like they have to help too far off of the perimeter for the kick out to be effective.
2: That's the east-west versus north-south. This is something Stu's been talking about a lot on the on the broadcast as well. And so there were lineups where it's just like, okay, well, I like Kendrick
3: Nunn. Fine. And, oh, look, it's Kendrick Nunn and Austin Reeves. I should like that backcourt. Great. Right. But when they're on the court with Thomas Bryant and then JTA and maybe like Wenyan Gabriel, it's sort of just like, well, I need LeBron or AD in this group as well. Right. And and, and so I'll be interested to see what Coach Ham does, because I think LeBron or AD should be on the court. For every like one of them should be on the court every single minute of the competitive portion of the game, because you do need that fulcrum offensively. And that it's hard to do that, though, if they're going to be in the 32 to like 33 men net range for both of them, um, especially if and I think I I do that even if Russ and Dennis play.
4: And this is this is right back to a few pods ago in us discussing LeBron about the things that you don't want to have to ask him for in year 20. And here we are heading into game one, you know, to an extent already needing that from him. And what part of what I saw in the preseason, so LeBron looked great in parts, just in terms of his physicality, how easily he was scoring, but you know, he's, he was kind of playing in the style that he was playing last year later, uh, later on in the preseason stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. And which, which means like he can do that, but it's a lot of jump shooting, you know, and it's not, it's not necessarily that full, especially early in a preseason game, the defense. And it's, it's tricky. Like, that's the part where I think that how does he get through this season and what kind of support does he need so that he doesn't have to do a lot of that. And Anthony Davis has no such excuses and certainly needs to bring that level um, constantly and early in the season. But then he had to do that last year and that wore him down a little bit in the first couple of months. So there are more support players definitely than there were last year. We weren't talking about a guy looking really good early like Kendrick Nunn. And then, oh, Lonnie Walker looks good. And, and Austin Reeves has made some um, some progress. And Patrick Beverly had an uneven last couple of games of the preseason. But you, you expect a certain level from him early in the season. So there are, I think, more solutions and more answers than there were last year. But it, there's – there are not so many that it's that it's obvious that LeBron, you know, is going to be able to take a, a meaningful step back in what is sort of needed for the team to be really good and not just stay afloat. And that's, again, part of the zooming out portion of the preseason where, you know, I would still like to see more of that as they get into the regular season.
2: Yeah, I think that. I think that with a reasonable amount of health, I think that's going to be provided in the getting downhill sense. And this is part of the reason why I think Lonnie Walker is really important, because I think asking LeBron to do a little bit more in terms of handling the ball doesn't necessarily mean he has to really exert himself. It can be Lonnie coming off of a pin down and and it's like Lonnie has a lot of heat going toward the basket. And so LeBron can stand at the top of the key and Anthony Davis sets a pin down for Lonnie Walker and he's going to curl around that and AD's going to roll and it's like a quarterback with you know waiting to throw that pass and,
4: right and that worked really well at the start of the the Timberwolves game right that was how they yeah. were getting a lot of their offense it was coming easily and then at a certain point Westbrook and Beverly started to play their own game and then I think LeBron kind of was like all right you know go ahead guys and, and so that game kind of disintegrated but yeah but that's that is gonna I think that I would not expect that to happen as much right? Once the, once the season starts and everybody knows that like the game is like, that's where you call timeout, right? Sure. But you're you're am there.
2: Well, that, that's the other thing too, is like my biggest concern from this preseason is I thought that we were too small too often. And you could say that that's something that, well, yeah, look at the roster and all the guards that we've been talking about, but it's been in points where, for example, the, that Minnesota game that was supposed to be one of the dress rehearsals where we did have, uh, AD available that, uh, In that second quarter, we either had a guard, like we either had Russell Westbrook or Matt Ryan at the four in a lot of those lineups. And Wenyan Gabriel's not in the rotation at all, right? And so to me, it's like, oh no, this group collectively is too small. We had played all six guards in the first eight minutes. Some injuries are, you know, taking that sort of thing off of the table. And so that to me is like figuring that sort of thing out is part of the like helping because Part of helping LeBron and AD and supporting them means not giving up. I think we were minus 15 in like 10, 12 minutes of that in those games, right? And so like don't lose massive chunks of the game with that sort of that sort of play. And so I think we can I'm curious to see what direction Darwin goes in because I thought we'd be a bigger team, Mike. I thought that would be the direction we'd go in.
4: So let me flip that to Darius then, because you could be a bigger team if you go to Scott Anderson, Gabriel. And either Brian or Jones mm-hmm. in the bench unit, instead, and then just kind of even if you're going to extend some of the minutes from an Austin or from a Lonnie with the second unit uh, on top of uh, on top of Kendrick Nunn, like, and this is a, this is if Shooter and Westbrook are both out, you can just be bigger there, and maybe part of what Darwin was doing right. was trying to see which of the guards were going to earn you know, those first looks at the spot, and mm. now maybe it, maybe it has happened through injury, but like. it didn't strike me that darvin was trying to win games by way of what the rotations were he was trying to get looks at people he was trying to get looks at guys and see who might have stepped into those channels Mm -hmm. and so you know darius that's that's where maybe you know maybe that unit is just going to be bigger uh, than what we saw and then I, i don't know does that solve some of those problems
2: Maybe, maybe not. Also, just to, to point out, if we're talking about having LeBron or AD on the court at all of those times, when we conceptualize those units, I think that within that, right, like having one of those guys out there is is important.
3: Yeah. I also think, too, that's just like the Lakers need motor on the court and they have so many more guys who play with motor mm-hmm. this season. They also need a requisite amount of size. And I get that. And so I think the guys who you need size around is actually more LeBron than AD. Mm -hmm. So look, against the Warriors, when no one played except for AD, right? So Beverly didn't play, LeBron didn't play, and Russ didn't play, but AD played, right? And so it was actually the rest of the team, and Dennis did not play because he wasn't there yet, but everyone else played, right? And so, like, none is playing well, Austin is is playing all right i think lonnie walker played that game if i'm not mistaken opening night the first one no oh that was that was yeah so walker did not play anyways one of the things the lakers did and one way you can play big is forget who's on the court A, a way that you play big is just like who do you highlight and what is that player doing right And so the Warriors, they weren't particularly small. Draymond didn't play that game, but everyone else did. Right. And so Looney, either Looney or Wiseman was in the was on the floor pretty much the entire game for them. So they were never, quote unquote, small. Right. Kamingo was in the game and they played some other power forwards. But whatever. A.D. went to the post. And he went to the post a ton, and they were just like they were doing dribble handoff stuff, but dribble handoff stuff a d wasn't flowing in to pick and pop, he wasn't drifting to to the corner. he was doing dribble handoffs, and he was rolling and he was rolling to the elbow area and rolling into post ups basically and then and then they'd enter the ball and he would play isolation basketball in the post. Is that the most prettiest style of basketball it's not it's also what Milwaukee did a ton of. For Giannis, right? And so, Mike, when you're talking about, hey, what are the asks of LeBron? And Pete, you're talking about, well, there are ways that I think this team is going to be at their best. And a lot of it is threatening the pain and getting downhill. Well, look, we could talk about Lonnie Walker. We could talk about Kendrick Nunn. We could talk about LeBron James. (laughs) Uh The guy I'm going to talk about is Anthony Davis. Yeah right? Because AD is the dude. It doesn't matter if it's Kevon Looney down there. It doesn't matter if it's James Wiseman down there. They play Portland very early in the season. It doesn't matter if it's Yusuf Nurkish down there. They they play the Sacramento Kings and they play the Minnesota Timberwolves, right? To me, it doesn't matter if it's Rudy Gobert down there. It doesn't matter if it's Carl Anthony Towns down there. It doesn't matter who is down there. Anthony Davis can go get his against any player in the league, any player, in the entire damn league. And if you're talking about lifting, and we talked about this a bunch during the offseason and then into the preseason, that this is Ad's time, right? And he's the guy that I think is going to be like, yeah, let's highlight Kendrick Nunn. Let's highlight Lon D. Walker. When Dennis is available to play, he his speed and downhill ability is going to be important. The same with Russ. Transition game, on and on and on and on and on. But, Half court basketball, when you need to get a bucket, the Lakers should be featuring Anthony Davis a lot and they should be throw And it doesn't matter if, if, if he starts out as a guy who's floating around the perimeter, flow that into something where he's yes. getting a post touch, Pete. And I think that's super important. And it's got to be a main part of the game plan.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think the fact that he can be that dominant post presence or he can potentially in game two against a zoo, take him out onto the perimeter that wherever you deploy Anthony Davis and within this offense, there are places to optimize a player just like him that can either be in one of those top spots in the slot where you're handing off but or faking the handoff and going into the post. There's so many things options that ad has available which is really what you want to give your multifaceted players you want to give the a guy like ad the opportunity to post up if that's the advantage that he has the opportunity to string a guy out into space and beat him off the dribble if that's the advantage he has against the player and i think that speaks to a lot of the uh i i think that speaks to a lot of the Offensive freedom that Anthony Davis has talked about in his press con in his media availabilities, but it's going to take time, and I think that's the thing I want to close with here is that it the Lakers are in an interesting spot from a morale standpoint, and there's a lot lingering from last season for a multitude of reasons that. I think that it's that there is a danger of demoralization in this while we're so early in this process, guys, where it's like we're figuring out our starting lineup when the team that we're about to play on opening night is a defending champion. And they are this is very much a developed Wiseman, uh, developed Kuminga, developed Moody type of year. But they know they're deep into their playbook. And then the team that we play the next night, the only thing or the next game, the only thing that's the big controversy in their sphere is. Is it going to be John Wall or Reggie Jackson starting at point guard? But so much of what they want to do is set. We're just not at that point. And we have to embrace that. We have to embrace that we have work to do. We have questions to answer. And I really liked how Darvin Ham handled this preseason. I think that he tried out a lot of things and got some answers to certain questions and wasn't rigid on certain things. I I hope that continues. Uh, And I'm very curious to see how he manages a game that he's very much trying to win Um, and there's there's lots more to the puzzle right to be put together but i think that it was a productive training camp a productive preseason that ended on a very sour note and we've been marinating in it since friday but i'm really excited to get the real game started and so tomorrow we're going to preview opening night against the golden state warriors but until then you've been listening to laker film room podcast we'll catch you guys next time
3: Danger's got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn these double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tip to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. And Magic got it.
2: Magic fires. It's good! Yeah, and the Lakers win the game! The Lakers win the game!
3: Rebound is Three seconds left. That
1: next to the win it. It's on the way. Down! Bryant, 48 points, 16 rebounds. Back with There's, There's the, the move, goal. two, going. one, it! victory, it. it's over. And shot popping out of five. Bryant, yes! And that was a little tough to Albert Gentry. That insult to injury, Kobe, I mean what a shot, I mean you can't defend that, are you kidding me? 2.1 seconds remaining, Denver a foul to give, Jokic